Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now let me ask you this. Are you busy? Do you find it hard to find time for all the obligations in your life? Is the list of things that you have to get done threatening to overwhelm you to the point of despair? There are so many things for us to do in almost every stage of our lives. Sometimes we think, oh, if I just graduate from college, (laughs) if I just, you name it. At every stage in our lives, there it is overwhelming at times how busy we can get. There is always a paper to write, an exam to prepare for, a family member to check in on. There, the list goes on and on. We are not our own, and it is so difficult to find time for just one more thing. And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. And he sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. They would not come to the king's wedding feast. About three years ago, President Mitch Daniels invited me and the rest of the United Religious Leaders to a dinner at the President's house. I would have liked to have come, but I had a lot of things on my plate. And I had many other obligations that I thought were more pressing than the King's invitation. (laughs) I I turned down an unbelievable dinner that was totally free because I was busy. We can all understand, and I am absolutely positive, that President Mitch Daniels didn't even know that I wasn't at the meal. Well, the king in Jesus' parable, he is a little different. He really wanted the people to come. And so he didn't give up on sending his invitation. The first response was a no-go. Nobody would show up. The second, again, he sent other servants saying, "Tell tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner, and you can imagine the finest in the land. They are not going to get a better invitation than an invitation by the king. He says, see, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention. And they went off. One went off to his farm. Another to his business. While the rest seized his servants. They got tired of this constant invitation. Can't you see I'm busy? You are a nuisance. And they treated them shamefully. And they killed them. You see, on this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all people 
a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of aged wine well-refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away every tear from all faces. And the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. Jesus' parable, it was describing a situation. The king of the king is God, the Father in heaven. And he has sent prophet after prophet and pastor after pastor into the world to invite the people to gather around a meal that is more than just a meal. It is life, it is salvation. It is conquering of death. To eat of Jesus, the bread of life. The wedding feast, it is the marriage between Christ and his church. The bride, which is made up of believers from all nations and all tribes and all languages. And the Jewish people in this text, through whom Jesus himself came, through whom salvation came, they were too busy with things in this world to receive this gift. They would not receive Jesus as the promised bread of life. And they weren't just too busy. They even rejected, stoned, and killed the prophets. And on in AD 33, they crucified life itself. And we know from the text, this is more than just on uh, the people of Israel. This is on the people of the world. The king was angry And he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all who they found, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. These guests that he's speaking about here, they are non-Israeli people who come to know Jesus as their Savior. The guests include all peoples who see Jesus as their Savior, even those from the Jewish people that would come back after Pentecost. What an incredible blessing that we have to be called to a feast that gives us life and salvation. I love a good meal. And I love it when somebody invites me over to eat. I'm not dropping any hints, by the way. (laughs) 
But I, I love a good meal. And I don't like to turn down these things. I try to make time. But this invitation is so much more than a meal. This is something beyond our wildest imagination. You can't even picture what this is to be. Heaven that you are invited to. What an incredible invitation. And you know what, my friends? This invitation isn't just speaking about something off in the future. No, every single time that we partake of the Lord's Supper, every single time the Lord's Supper is offered in your church, you are being offered life and salvation For where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. Now here's the thing. Do you ever turn down this invitation to the king's wedding feast? Because you have to work on your farm or take care of your business. How many times have we turned down the good gifts that our Lord wants to give us because of all the cares of this world. The truth is, our busyness, our crazy schedules, sometimes they threaten to come in between us and the reading of God's word, between us and prayer, between us and preaching, between us and eating, A feast that is more than we could ever imagine. And that is why it's so good that you are here today. We need rest from our crazy schedules. We need rest in the Savior of our world. You know, when you come here today... Out there, you are in the midst of time. You're always looking at the clock, one thing after the other. Sometimes we look at the clock when the pastor's preaching too. Like, how much much longer is he going to talk? But really, when we come into the service, we're experiencing something outside of time. Here we meet with all the angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, those gathered around the feast. We, in time, take part of something eternal. It is amazing that we sometimes say, I don't have time for it. If you're thinking you're guilty, you're not the only one. I'm just as guilty. Sure, I'm here every week, but sometimes I'm not here, if you know what I mean. Jesus continues, But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment, and he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. 
We get to this part and we say, what in the world is this? Well, the answer is quite simple. Not everyone who attends church or even partakes of this meal will be in heaven. A person is not saved by attending church or by going through the motions of church. No, a person is saved through faith in Jesus Christ alone. In baptism, we received saving faith. But this can be rejected. In Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many, or because, as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. That's the royal garment. You know, a pastor wears a white robe not because he loves dresses. (laughs) He wears the white robe because... This symbolizes being washed in the blood of the Lamb. This symbolizes those who stand before the throne and before the elders singing about the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In other words, it represents represents something eternal. It also represents your baptism, your putting on of the wedding garment. Now believe me, And I've done it. It is possible to take off the wedding garment. It's possible to set aside your faith in Christ for the things of the world. Now if at this point you are worried that you may not have faith, don't worry. The person without faith would not be worried about such a thing. They would not even see it as something to worry about. Because for that person, going to church is, about, is not about being rescued from death to life. They're not there to get something good from the Lord. They're just there because they've always come there. And this is not for you and I to decide who's a Christian and who's not a Christian. That's not the point of it all. What I want to do is comfort you. If you are nervous, the fear of God is the first step to wisdom. The fear of judgment, it puts you up under the cross of Christ. I absolutely adore the hymn, Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from which thy riven side did flow be of sin the double cure. Cleanse me from its guilt and power. If I'm nervous, where do I run? I run to the wedding feast. If I'm nervous, where do I run? I run to the cross. If I'm nervous about a sin that I know I'm in the midst of, It's clinging to me. I can't get rid of it. Where do I go? I go to the cross. I take, eat, the body, the blood shed for me for that forgiveness. I talk to my pastor. And I'm talking me personally. I talk to my pastor. And you can talk to your pastor. To hear the words of forgiveness even for that sin. If you're nervous, don't be. Jesus' blood was shed for you.
And if you look at the parable above, you can see not a God who is only to, to be scared of. Like fear isn't the end of all. Because when you are afraid of that sin, what does God do? He reaches out His hand and He picks you up by the mighty right hand that is Jesus Himself. And in that parable, you see a God who continually calls. He doesn't want to take no for an answer. He calls you, we ignore Him. He calls again. Sometimes we get defensive. He calls again. He calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth. Why? Because He loves you. He doesn't want you left behind. My prayer for all of us is that when things get so busy, the one thing that we don't cut out is the preaching and receiving of God's good gifts. You're hearing the preaching and receiving God's good gifts. It's often the first thing that goes. I get busy. I don't, I don't read my Bible. I get busy. I rush through prayers with my son. I get busy. It's often the first thing that goes. You know, full disclosure... I want to get to that series that I'm watching on Netflix. Right? So I'm going to cut this prayer short because I've only got two hours to watch the next two episodes of that show I'm following. Does that make sense? I'm just as guilty as you are. And this sermon is about... This text is... Don't reject the amazing offer. You've already been called. You've already put on. It's time to eat. I pray that you would, and myself, that by God's grace, we would hold his word sacred and gladly hear and learn it. For it is through that word that our Lord gives us rest for our weariness, rest for our busyness. And it is through that word that we have life over death. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until that day when he returns for you. Amen.